Lord, I thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come have your way. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to help us all have good, fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives that are, that are humble and teachable and ready for the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and let your word go forth as living seeds of truth sown on the good, fertile soil, watered by the Holy Spirit, and will bring forth a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains. Lord, that you would burn your truth in us, let it become a part of who we are, that we're not just hearers, but we're doers of the word. And Lord, I thank you for a fruitful, powerful time of teaching. Anoint our eyes to see and ears to hear and give us eyes and ears of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, by the Holy Spirit to get locked in and focused, to give you our best ear and our full attention. And Lord, I thank you. Let it be. Let everything be accomplished through this time and the outworking of it, that your will be done. I bless it. And Lord, I pray the blood of Jesus would saturate us and those that are listening. I bind the enemy away from this time, away from those that are listening. In Jesus' name, we bind that influence away. And I bless them. And I bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you, in my opinion, probably the most important teaching that I could probably teach you about Christian living under this section. It has to do with prayer. What I want to use is an outline that was made by a man by the name of Larry Lee. Some of you might have heard of him. He had a a very well-known ministry back in the early 90s, and the Lord moved him out of that and began to use him in a different way. But anyway, his ministry today is not as public and not as known as it was back then. But God used him in an incredible way when it came to prayer. And in my opinion, what the Lord gave him in the area of prayer is some of the most powerful teaching. As a matter of fact, early on, I was very blessed and very fortunate because my parents had gotten connected with his ministry many years ago. I was probably around the age of 13, and they had purchased an uh, you know, it was different cassette tapes and, a, and an outline and some kind of a book and everything. And it, it was called Could You Not Tarry One Hour? And it was a, a really thorough teaching on prayer. Well, when I very first felt a call in my life and I got right with God and around January 95, early on, one of the things that I studied was that very teaching. And the Lord did such a deep and a profound work in me that even... I was only about the age of 19, 18, 19, somewhere in there when I was doing it. But God did such an incredible deep work in me that from that time until now, this has been a very strong part of my life. And my, I would say that the Lord has blessed me. My prayer life is, is very rich and it's powerful. It's something that the Lord, I've been deepening and growing in for many, many years now. And I believe that that is the source of the anointing, the, the supernatural, the miraculous, and what God is doing in my life. And, of course, through our ministry is prayer. And I put an incredible emphasis on prayer. I've done teaching with my church, the people, especially the people in leadership, teaching them how to have a very powerful, effective prayer lives individually. But we have also have uh, corporate prayer once a week. And I also have a, a system I set up called the Watchman Program. And what it is, it's people that agree to one day a week that that will be their day of prayer and fasting. And I wrote out, it's a whole 
eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper front and back. They have different things that we're believing God for, not just for our ministry, but all kinds of things that um, connected to praying against the rise of Islam and praying for our nation, praying for Israel. I mean, it covers a huge spectrum of things. But anyway, what people do is they just agree that one day a week they're going to fast at least one meal that day. And all of us together, every day of the week, there's somebody praying and fasting. And we're all in perfect unity about this. We're all agreeing about the same thing. And it's very powerful. And so the combination of all these things, and even in many of our services, sometimes the Holy Spirit will move in a way of intercession, and we will pray and intercede as well as part of our worship service. Usually during the worship time, I'll feel a, a prompting of the Holy Spirit and, and begin to move in that direction. We'll begin to intercede about some things. But prayer is the key to so many things with God. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And so basically, people's lack of prayer is a much greater problem than what they realize that it is. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught us in the parable of the ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. And what differentiated the two was the five that were wise had extra oil. So what is it that caused the five? Because if you read the parable, it seems to me, as I've studied it, that the coming of the Lord represented the rapture and that five out of the ten, and this is a scary statistic right there, but five of the virgins, and notice that all of them were virgins because whenever you deal with, whenever you're looking at biblical interpretation, God always refers to the heathen as harlots, things like that. But when he's referring to his people, he refers to his people as virgins. And so they were all virgins, and all of them had lamps. Lamps represent prayer. It represents your prayer life. And this is all throughout Scripture, okay? I'm just going to help you with some scriptural interpretation. In the tabernacle, the lampstand, it spoke of prayer, but it also had the oil in it, which spoke of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and the light spoke of revelation. All of it's connected. Your prayer life has so much to do with the fresh anointing on your life and the revelation that you're walking in, okay? So whenever these ten virgins were there, all of them had lamps and all of their lights were burning. But five of them did not have extra oil. Therefore, their lamps went out prematurely before the Lord came and they were not ready for his coming. Consequently, they got left behind. So the five that were ready were raptured up and the other five that remained on the earth were crying out and, and they were knocking on heaven's door, so to speak. And they were saying, you forgot us. What's wrong? And, and, and they were left behind. And so what, what caused the lack of anointing, this is what I believe. The day that we're moving into is so dark. The Bible calls it gross darkness would be on the face of the earth. But it also says the glory would be on God's people. So we're moving into great darkness, and the, the Apostle John, when he received Revelation, and he wrote it down in the book of Revelation, he received all those different visions and, and what was shown to him, the churches that were represented in Revelation 2 and 3. It's an outline of church history, which I can't get into right now, but the last day church 
was represented by the church of Laodicea, which was a wealthy um, church that, that was lukewarm. And that's in a very scary sense. That's what you see in America, okay, for the most part. But that was the that is a warning from the Lord as what you don't want to be. And so people that don't have strong prayer lives, the gross darkness is beginning to overtake them. Their lamps are going out. They're becoming more and more worldly. They have a lack of revelation. And they're not what God wants them to be in so many ways. Now, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So what the Lord is doing in response to the gross darkness and the, and the rise of, of satanic influence in society and all of that is he's beginning to pour out his spirit in a phenomenal way. And you can read about the prophecies throughout the Bible that talks about in the latter days, the Lord would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so there's a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is happening. And what's happening in these revivals is is there's there's extra oil, there's a fresh anointing, and the, the anointing is being poured out. And people that have the wisdom and the humility to receive of this anointing and, and get a fresh touch on their life, it's it's the extra oil. And that extra oil is going to sustain us and help help us keep our prayer lives strong and stay close to the Lord and to be ready for his coming, okay? So let me kind of move out of that and start talking about prayer. Now, the outline is here on the website. I, I have it there. You can download it. Um, he's been giving away this outline on his website for free for a long time now, and that's where I got it from. So feel free to, to take this and share it with others. He, it's something that he's giving away free. But anyway, um, let me just talk a little bit about prayer. Brother Larry was given a pattern for prayer and the Lord gave it to him and it's out of the Lord Jesus out of his prayer kind of broke down but you can see a similar pattern in the tabernacle of Moses as well which I don't want to try to get into right now but I do have it broke down in my book called tabernacle keys to revival and there is a journey prayer is an inward journey basically just like in the tabernacle you go from the outer court to the holy place and then into the holy of holies there was a progression into an intimacy with God. And with us, first off, when you get up and you begin to pray, you got to get past your flesh. And that takes discipline. Then you've got to get past your soul because your soul, your mind is wanting to wonder. And you've got to quiet your soul in worship. And then what happens is, is you move into a place where your spirit is communing with the Holy Spirit. And there's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit prayer that's going on. And that is what Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 42, but that's what David saw whenever he said deep calls unto deep. And when you get to that place of spirit-to-spirit -spirit prayer where you're in the spirit, that's where you want to be. Because that's where there's fresh anointing. That's where there's revelation. And that's where your prayer life is really powerful. But you've got to get past your flesh and you've got to quiet your soul. And that's like the tabernacle. And there's more to it that I'm not going to get into right now, but there's a similar um, pattern, okay, in that. So what the Lord gave him, it is a pattern, but it's not a ritual. Your, one of your greatest enemies in prayer is that prayer would become a dead ritual. That is your greatest enemy right there. What a ritual is, a dead ritual, 
<coughs> excuse me, as something that is repetitive and something that is just going through the motions and something that has lost the power to it, but you're still doing it out of duty, but there's no power. It's just a, it's just, like I said, I guess the best way to put it, it's just going through the motions every day, okay? That's your greatest enemy right there. Even though there's a pattern, it's not a dead ritual, okay? So what I'm going to give you is a pattern, but at the same time, let me add this. The Holy Spirit, his fellowship is the key. I'll talk more about the personal work of the Holy Spirit later on. But let me just say this. God the Father is in heaven and God the Son is at his right hand. The Bible says ever living to intercede. He's praying for us. But the Holy Spirit, he is the one who is here now with us. And you can read as Jesus talked about him in John 14 and 16. He's the one who will lead us into all truth. Okay. And Paul talked about the Holy Spirit in Romans 8 whenever he talked about the same spirit um, or the, rather the Holy Spirit in us is the one who bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And he talks about those that are sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Okay. And there's many other scriptures. And Paul also talked about and the very last thing he said to the Corinthians. It's very interesting. He spoke of the may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And fellowship there is koinia. It's an intimacy. And so there's, it's very important that I'm going to walk you through how I pray every morning. And I'm not saying that I know everything about prayer because I don't. I'm learning more and more as I grow. And I'm wanting to, to become more and more powerful and effective in my prayer life and, and all of that, okay? But I am going to share what I know. But one of the things I do know is is the Holy Spirit is the key to having a powerful prayer life. He, he needs to be welcomed and he needs to be a part of your prayer life. When he's there, the, the power of God is there, revelation is there, your prayer time is rich and it's powerful and it's satisfying and it's enjoyable. If the Holy Spirit is not there, it's going to be dead and it's going to be dry and difficult to pray. But if the Holy Spirit is there, if he's welcomed and you ask him to come, when he comes the atmosphere will be anointed and powerful and it will be easy to pray. So let me give you some things about prayer. Number one, you want to have a place that you can pray that is holy. And the reason why I say that, because there may be some people that are listening to this, that maybe you live in an environment that is not necessarily a holy, righteous environment, even though you would like it to be. Maybe you live with people that are not Christians, and they watch movies, and their language and some of the stuff they do is ungodly, and you know that it's not a good environment. Well, it may be a little bit more difficult for you unless you have a place that you can dedicate to the Lord. But let me just say this. And I'm not going to talk too much about it in this teaching, but our homes need to be holy and anointed and set apart and God's glory there. But not everybody can make that happen because some people live 
with others that are roommates or something like that. Maybe you're in school. Maybe your parents are not Christians and you live at home, things like that. So not everybody can just easily make that happen. But if you have your own bedroom, you can make that a dwelling place for the Lord, okay? So find a place that can be holy unto God where you can meet with God. Because if a place is dirty spiritually, it can hinder your prayer life, okay? Number two, let me start going through how I pray. I get up in the mornings, and it's the first thing I do. But I begin to, what I do is, if let's look at the outline here. He's done an incredible job of breaking this down into seven parts, and each one of them are extremely important. But what I do very first, what he has here, our Father which art in heaven. Number one, we're children, and God is our Father because of the blood of Jesus. And just like in the tabernacle, the very first thing they had to do was shed blood. The blood is what's going to give you access to the Holy of Holies. You can see that in Hebrews chapter 9 as well. But the blood is what brings you in. And, and even into the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and on the top of it had that mercy seat, the priest had to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, and then the glory would come and rest on that blood. But wherever the blood is, the blood of Jesus that what the blood will give you access into the Holy of Holies and will allow the glory of God to come. But if you don't take time to get washed and covered in the blood and come through the blood of Jesus, your prayer time is going to be hindered. I promise you. That is the key right there. And what I usually do, not that you have to do this, but I usually take the Lord's Supper and I examine myself for any unforgiveness or any sin, and I get washed in the blood, and, I, and I, I pray that the blood of Jesus saturate my family and ministry and every person or thing that's associated with me in any way. And um, I ask the Holy Spirit to come, and then I take the Lord's Supper and just believe that the blood of Jesus has sanctified me and I can go right in to meet with God. But here's the thing. The way I pray is I pray something like this. Lord, I pray the blood of Jesus saturate me and my family in every area of our lives, especially areas that may, for some reason, be a little bit vulnerable to the enemy. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come allow us to have fellowship. I ask you to come fill us today. Fill these areas of our lives. Fill areas maybe that are weak or vulnerable to the enemy and make them strong in Jesus. But Holy Spirit, come and let us have fellowship. And then I, pr I start praying. I say, Lord, I come to you in Jesus' name and through his blood. And that's the key to beginning to have a very powerful prayer life is to come through the blood and have the Holy Spirit come. Number two, then I start moving into worship. Now, some people, uh, my daughter, she'll put on worship CDs and she likes to worship. You know, like a certain song, she'll worship and sing to the Lord. Um, I do that sometimes myself, but worship is just lifting your voice and begin to worship the Lord and sing and, and sing in the spirit, sing in tongues and worship the Lord and bless him. And in that worship, because that's the second part, the first part is our Father in heaven, second is hallowed be your name. Praise God. Enter into his thanksgiving. I'm sorry, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And so another thing right there is to thank, begin to thank the Lord. Thank him that you have shelter. Thank him that you have food and clothes and a family and health and, 
in all the goodness of the Lord, just begin to thank him and worship and praise him. And, and that will move into worshiping God for his names, like because the names of the Lord represent his character and who he is. And so I, I begin to worship the Lord, say, hallowed be your name, Lord. I worship you. You are Jehovah's sit canoe. And I'm just going to go through this list. The Lord, my righteousness. You are Jehovah Makadesh, my sanctification. You sanctify me. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. And, you know, you can quote scriptures as well because speaking the word of God and speaking life is so powerful. But hallowed be your name, Jehovah Shalom, our peace that guards our hearts and minds and in our armor the shoes is the uh, shoes of peace and the bible says in romans that the god of peace will crush satan under your feet and lord hallowed be your name jehovah shama for you're the lord the divine presence with us you're jehovah rofi our healer if by your stripes we're healed first peter 224 you born your body our sin and we can die to sin and live unto righteousness and by your stripes we are healed you're jehovah jireh our provider Lord, Galatians 3.13, you became a curse on the tree in order that the blessings given to Abraham come on us as Gentiles. Lord, you're Jehovah Nisi, our banner. You give us victory over the devil. And your banner over us is love. And you're Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. And you could quote Psalm 23 if you want to that deals with the shepherd. But after you worship, let me encourage you also to put on the full armor of God. What I do is I just pray, Lord, I ask you to put on the full armor of God on me today. Lord, the helmet, breastplate, everything. And help my faith to be strong. The shield of faith. And after the armor, if you feel to do this, this is something I do every day because there are people that are targeting me and my family. But I will pray something like this. I will pray, Lord. I bind every satanic spirit that's come against me and my family and ministry. I break every curse or spell or incantation or ritual or work of Satan that's coming against us. I break it. I destroy it. And I command those satanic forces to go now. And then I'll speak a blessing. I bless every area and detail of our life, family, bloodline, household, and ministry. I bless us to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, that we walk in success. We have health in our bodies. We have healthy souls and spirits and that we prosper and be in health as our souls prosper and, and just speak blessings. And it doesn't take long, but just breaking any words, prayers, witchcraft, things coming against me, destroy it, command the enemy to go, and then speak a blessing. Then after that, and I'm making this very condensed because you may start with 15, 20 minutes, okay, to get started if you have no prayer life at all. But you need to at least pray an hour a day. And that means, yes, you get up in the morning in time to where you can pray an hour a day. If you, if you need to shower at nighttime to save yourself some time in the morning. Um, if you need to have coffee ready, you know, they sell these coffee makers now that will brew it for you at a certain time or whatever, you know. Whatever you need to do to get yourself up in the morning and if you want to get some caffeine in your bloodstream or whatever, but you need to get up and spend some time with the Lord, and you've got to make it a priority. We have time for whatever is a priority in our life. And if prayer is your priority, you will make time to pray if it means you go to bed early so that you can get up early. But we've got to make it a priority. So 
you may start for a few minutes, but let it go at least an hour a day. For me, I've been doing this so long that an hour a day is very hard to cover everything. I mean, usually I'm looking at at least two hours, and that's not even including getting into the Word of God, okay? So that's why, as a minister, I make sure and leave my, my mornings to myself because it's my time with the Lord, and I set my appointments and everything else in the afternoons because that's my time that I can minister to people, and I come out of that prayer time to go, you know, on different visitations and meetings and stuff like that. Okay, after coming through the blood and through worship, and it is important to put on the armor of God every day. Let me say that. Angels and demons can see if it's on. It covers your spirit man and possibly even your soul area, and it protects you. It's an added level of protection from the satanic onslaught that's coming against you. But the next thing to move into is number three your kingdom come and will be done and it gives you a list list of of people to cover in prayer but let me tell you about this your kingdom come will be done we are we have so much authority in christ i can't even begin to tell you and i'll cover this more in other teachings but we have so much authority jesus said i've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions overcome all the power of the enemy we have authority to bind up demonic spirits. We have authority to, to break the works of the enemy and destroy. And whenever Jesus would say when he would come into a place, he'd say the kingdom of God is upon you. And we can be a window of heaven coming into earth. I don't know how else to explain it. But what's in heaven, the glory and the power and the authority of heaven can flow through us into the earth. And when you're saying, Lord, let your kingdom come and will be done, it's not just a request, but it's you're using your authority to, to speak it into the earth. In other words, the way I do this is, Lord, every person or thing that's associated to me in any way, our bodies be in perfect health, our souls, our spirits, our marriages and relationships, our finances and employment, things to do with our home and land and vehicles and what we own being protected and and, and things have to do with our ministry and harvest and fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, let your kingdom come and will be done now in the earth as it is in heaven. And it's like releasing that. I don't know how else to explain it. But it is a, it's re by authority, you are releasing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Because what's in heaven, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's, there's, there's no confusion in heaven. And when you're doing that, you're releasing what's in heaven into the earth realm. And you watch as you start doing this, that everything that you're commanding that into, you're releasing that into, everything will begin to line up with the kingdom of God. Not only that, but it also is a request that God will cancel the enemy's plans, but that he and he will establish his plans in people's lives the reason why the devil is able to get by with a lot of things is because people aren't praying and i'm gonna tell you right now america i know god's raising up some prayer movements and that's wonderful and i'm so thankful but by and large people that profess christianity are not praying and even ministers are not and i'm gonna tell you the devil is able to get by with a lot of stuff because people are not praying 
When we really pray, it cancels the enemy's plans. It blocks his attacks from being able to happen. It destroys his works, and it advances the kingdom of God. And so we have got to we have got to pray. And so I encourage you just to go deep in this. The next thing is give us our daily bread. And this way I pray is you want to be specific because I remember a story Dr. Cho told where he really did, because the Bible says, you know, God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And that's according to his riches and glory, okay? But anyway, he was praying for a bicycle and a desk because he needed he needed a bad. And he was frustrated because after a couple of weeks, they weren't there. And he was living in poverty, and it was a time when the economy was really bad. But anyway, finally, out of frustration, he was asked the Lord, what's the deal? And the Lord told him, said, which bike do you want and what desk do you want? Because there's there's a lot of them out there. And so he said, oh, okay. So he made a specific request about a specific bike and a specific desk, a specific time. And then within a week or so, it was there. He had it. And you need to be specific with God. If you need $20, ask for that specifically. So let me give you some things about this. Number one, pray specific. Number two, take authority. Because a lot of times the enemy is the one trying to hinder what God has for you. And here's the way I pray many times. Lord, I apply the blood over our need. Let's say that we need $2,000. I apply the blood of Jesus over my $2,000 you have for me because we need it. And it is a legitimate request. And I bind the enemy away from it. I command you to release it now. And I'm asking you, Lord, to send your angels to go bring it in. And we don't have problems with lack. Number one, we tithe. Okay. But number two, we pray with faith specifically. And number three, we command the enemy to get his hands off of our provision, whatever it is, okay? And be specific and be tenacious because God wants to bless his children. He wants your needs met, and he wants you to prosper so that you can be a blessing to other people. So uh, let me just say this real quickly. There's specific promises in God's word also to people that give to the poor, you should look them up because you can stand on these words. And, and, and somebody said to me, Pastor, what would you do? What do you do with your money? What do you? Well, number one, I tithe. Number two, I try to give to the poor. And number three, I try to give in a way that blesses Israel. And and then number four, I try to be a obedient servant about whatever it is God wants me to give. So God may speak to me to give to somebody, you know, and, and I try to, I always do, I obey the Lord and do what he tells me to do. But that, that right there, I think, is some real keys to God's blessing in your life, okay? But just praying, give us this day our daily bread. And I always also pray the Lord would help me be a faithful, wise steward with everything he entrusts me with. Is he entrusts us with our, our health, our bodies, so we should be active. He entrusts us with time. You know, our life span could be 80, 100 years, whatever. But, you know, that lifespan, that time that we have here on earth, we need to be a good steward of. He entrusts us with material things. And those of us that are called to the ministry entrust us with that ministry. But to be a faithful and a wise steward with everything he's entrusted us with. The next thing I move to is forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And my prayer here is, Lord, I just pray this every day. I say, Lord, clothe me in humility. Give me the grace. Or I, pray, I always pray, actually, 
I always pray, give us, and I, and I include my whole family and ministry and every person associated with our ministry. I always pray that way because I'm also praying for them, you know. So I pray, Lord, clothe us in humility. Help us, Lord, to walk in pure, true humility, giving you all the glory and taking none for ourselves and walk in, in unconditional love, to really walk in submission to authority, to really walk in Christ-likeness, to walk in forgiveness, to not harbor anything. And I always check myself, is there a grudge? Is there something I'm resentful, you know? And I, I let it go. Lord, I forgive them, I love them, and I bless them. And I'll pray for them, and I genuinely do. I pray for people that have that have hurt me and my family and the ministry. Lord, help them to, to really get right with you and be on, be on fire for God. Bless them, use them for your kingdom, and help there to be some kind of reconciliation and healing between us, Lord. We love them and we forgive them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I just pray that to really walk in forgiveness and love. And um, in a wise prayer is the Lord would put you on like a glove and live his life through you, seeing through your eyes the way he sees, hearing through your ears the way he hears, and having that you would have God's heart and mind in all things. And the prayers of Paul, they're, they're in different places, but I always pray over us these prayers, that the Lord would um, anoint our eyes to see. Of course, this is out of Revelation um, about the church of Laodicea. But I pray that he would anoint our eyes to see. I also pray he would anoint our ears to hear. Clothe us in his white garments and give us his gold refined in the fire. And Paul talked about Thessalonians that he would sanctify us through and through his spirit, soul, and body. Be kept pure and blameless to the coming of the Lord. I pray that he would um, enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we'll know the hope to which he's called us, the riches of our inheritance as a saint that has to do with revelation. That he'll strengthen us by the power of the Holy Spirit in our inner man that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith. And that he would root and establish us in the love of Christ. That that love would abound and we would know the height, depth, length, and width of Christ and measurable love for us. And I add to that that we would be slow to anger, rich in love, and the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives. I pray the Lord would help us to have rich and powerful prayer lives. Filled with the atmosphere of heaven, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and revelation of God's word. And I always pray, um, going back to your kingdom come, it will be done. You know, when it's talking about yourself, your church, nation, I always pray in that category as well that God would raise up laborers and thrust them into the harvest field and protect them, deliver them out of the hands of evil men. And the word of God spread rapidly among the nations, be ours as it should, and God would unify his people, things like that, okay? All right, so let me get back to this. And then after... Number five, I'll move in number six, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And what I pray here is simply the Lord lead us not to temptation. Uh, this is the way I pray. And, of course, he has here to put on the armor of God. You can do it that way. I mean, I do it before, but it doesn't matter as long as it gets done. But I always pray, Lord, throughout the day, I pray that you would go before us and clear a path, that your angels be with us. And, Lord, I pray that you would order our steps, broaden our path, and give us the grace to live holy, blameless lives above reproach, avoiding even the appearance of evil. And I always really sincerely pray the Lord would give us the grace to go through and conquer anything the devil would try to throw away. And the Lord would just, there's scriptures about how the Lord will make your path level and straight. 
uh, the steps of the righteous are ordered. If we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways, he'll direct our paths. Um, he'll watch over our going out and coming in. You know, there's a lot of different things about you going forth throughout your day and not being led into temptation and being delivered from evil. So however you want to pray that, but just praying that you and those under your authority and connected to you will be protected throughout your day. And then I always pray also like a, like a subcategory that the Lord would deliver us from evil. Specifically, I pray that there be a hedge of protection. And uh, uh, The Bible has actually says these things, okay, in Job, a hedge of protection. It says in another place, a wall of fire. And then in Isaiah, it says the glory would be your defense. And, your, and in Romans, your armor. Okay, so I'm getting these from different places in the Bible. But basically, there'd be a hedge of protection, a wall of fire. And God's glory would be our armor and defense and envelop us, our families, all that we own. And not only that, the angels of, of the Lord, Psalm says, the Lord will encamp his angels round about those who fear the Lord. So I pray the angels envelop our lives as well. And I pray that the Lord cancel the enemy's plans and, and let his purposes be fulfilled. And then I quote, I always do this. I quote Psalm 91 over me and my family. He that dwells in the secret place, we abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord, you are refuge. And I'll add to it things like no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us, we condemn. The Lord encamps his angels around about those who fear the Lord. We will not fear the terror of the night. The arrow flies by day. The pestilence that stalks in darkness. The plague that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall aside. Ten thousand may fall to right hand. It won't come near us. Lonely watches are wicked or punished. No disaster will come near us. No plague, calamity, or disaster near our dwelling. Listen to these words. They're powerful. No disaster will come near us. No plague, calamity, or disaster near our dwelling. The angels of the Lord accompany us in all of our ways. No bears up in their hands. Those who dash foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the adder, great lion and serpent, trample underfoot. And I always add, we tread upon snakes and scorpions, overcome, up, over, overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Because we set our love upon the Lord, he delivers us. Because we know his name, he protects and sets us on high. We call upon the Lord. He answers us. He's with us in any trouble. will deliver and honor us and with a long life satisfy us and show us his salvation. And you can quote other scriptures like... Um, for example, if we worship and serve the Lord our God, Lord, I thank you. You bless our food and drink. You remove sickness from our midst. None of the women in our ministry will be barren. The number of our days will be in full on the earth. We will go to the grave full of years and vigorous sheaves gathered in season. And I speak that. That sometimes there's people, you know, in our ministry that are praying to have kids and things like that. And I just speak that blessing. But just speaking the word of the Lord. And, and you can go a lot with it like... Um, the blessings given to Abraham, and I'll speak it. I thank you, Lord. The blessings given to Abraham are ours, exaltation, promotion, health, long life, reproductiveness, prosperity, abundance, favor with God and man, and victory over enemies. And just speaking forth the word of God, speaking life. And just ask the Lord to um, deliver us and protect us throughout the day. And I'm going to tell you, I thank God that I pray this way every day. You, I can't even tell you the amount of testimonies I've heard over the years of people in our ministry that had close calls. Uh, our youth pastor, Joey, he was in a vehicle. There was a cement wall to his left. It was under construction. So if you've ever seen those in, in Texas anyway, I'm not sure if it's everywhere, but they put out these cement walls that are portable. And then on the right, there was a semi, 
and something had happened and there was a vehicle that swerved over and there was a, a anyway if he would have reacted the way he wanted to and turned the wheel suddenly he would have lost control but he said that his first reaction was like a knee-jerk reaction and he jerked the wheel but he said the wheel locked and it would not move so it was like click click and then he was back to his senses and his vehicle had never lost control and it was just as smooth and it could have been very bad he said that he could have wiped out going 70 miles an hour on I-30 and it would have caused a several car pileup there was vehicles all around him somebody had swerved over and almost hit him I think that's what it was and then I, I, my wife one time she was coming home these are just a few examples of many many I could give you there was a truck it was a very large truck and it was one of those that was raised up really high off the ground and had those huge wheels on it. And she was talking to me on the phone when this happened. It was really weird. And all of a sudden, I remember she kind of got quiet with, what the heck is going on? You know, and she was sitting there. And that truck had moved over, I guess not seeing her, until the very last minute. But anyway, that truck had moved over and came so close to her, she actually had to scoot over into the shoulder and then speed up and get around him and go on. Now listen, that could have been bad, but here's what happened. When we got home, on her left rear tire, where above the tire, right above her tire, it has that, you know, the, the car, the body of the car, I could see a little smudge or whatever, and I wiped it with my hands, and it was actually the rubber from his tire that had rubbed up against the car. It didn't dent the car, praise the Lord, but that's how close that his car came from hitting her. And it could have been a bad thing if she wasn't really paying attention or whatever. So there's, there's tons of these close calls. And I believe with all my heart that us getting up and praying in the morning and covering our day in prayer is causing nothing bad to, be, to happen. These things are just a few examples of many I could give you that it could have been really bad people could have been hospitalized people you know um, it could have been hundreds thousands of dollars worth of automobile damage even if they weren't injured you know so praying over your day is huge and then the way I close out my prayer time number seven is I always I thank you Lord so much for hearing and answering every prayer meeting every need I believe see faith is the key right there I believe it is done I thank you that you hear our prayers. Your word says if we pray and you and we know that you hear us because we pray according to the will of the Lord, we know that you hear us and we have what we ask. And I thank you for it. You said if we abide in the vine and your words abide in us, we can ask what we wish and it will be done. And I thank you, Lord. I bless you. And I say to you, be the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And you, you begin to move back into a worship type of mode where I glorify you Lord you're awesome and worthy of all praise and make faith declarations if you want to but just praising God and sealing your prayer time by thanking him because that's faith thanking him it is done and praising him and worshiping him again and let me just say this one of my favorite scriptures in Psalms and I, I'm sorry in Isaiah and I can't think of it off the top of my head the reference but there's a place where it says, like, the fist of the Lord will strike the enemy. And it will happen to the sound 
of stringed instruments and, and clashing cymbals, things like that. But to basically, um, I always paraphrase it, okay? But basically it says, the Lord will strike the with his fist, he will crush the enemy to the sound of music, the sound of praise. And so there is such a power in praise that it brings confusion in the enemy's camp and it causes warfare to go forth and the Lord to strike the enemy with his fist and the Lord to send his angels. And you can see it in scripture. You can see where Judah would always go, which Judah means praise. They would always go first in the battle. And you can see the story with Jehoshaphat in Chronicles whenever he sent the, the priest in front, front and they were doing praise and worship. And whenever they topped the hill and came down, the enemy had been confused and turned on each other. And there wasn't even a battle that took place that day with Israel anyway because the enemy had killed themselves. And they just went in there and plundered the enemy. But there's power in praise. So I want to just kind of close this now and um, just pray for you. But the main thing about prayer is be disciplined and start, you know, go forth and begin to, to do it. You will learn as you go. You'll grow. And the last thing I will say is I can't even emphasize to you how important it is to pray in tongues, to pray in the spirit. A lot of your time of worship and a lot of your time of intercession needs to be in tongues. Um, it is so powerful because you're praying the perfect will of God. And when you're praying in tongues, you're edifying yourself. You're uttering mysteries. You're building up your most holy faith. And the Holy Spirit is praying through you the perfect will of God. Because many times we only know a little bit how to pray about a situation. But the Holy Spirit knows the perfect way to pray. So, Lord, I thank you so much for this time, this teaching on prayer. I pray that it would be a tremendous blessing to those who hear it. Give us the grace. We humble ourselves ask you for grace, Lord, to have rich and powerful prayer lives filled with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and revelation out of your word. And I thank you for it, and I bless you. And help us, Lord, to go deeper and deeper in our intimacy with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.